Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidina rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum everybody. Um, thank you. I'm very, very humbled. MashaAllah, man. The first week of Swisscast, we had over 5,000, around 5,000 uh, downloads. And it was just, just really powerful. I need you guys to do me a big favor. And I hate to ask of people. But I need you just to write a review, especially on the Apple page, as many of you have done. Uh, throw up some five stars on there, you know, five pillars, five stars, if, if you feel it's worthy. And then do me a favor and share with your friends on social media, even write reviews or how you felt about the podcast, even important quotes or gems uh, that you t have taken from the podcast, because that supports the work that I'm doing. And in many ways, that's helpful to me. Um, and, and we, we can really help each other without it having to be monetary. Um, we need to scaffold and build our own thought leaders, ideas, uh, people that we feel represent who we are. Um, we have to support that and, and, and coalesce around that. And that gives our voices validity. So I would really appreciate you doing that, inshallah. Now, last week, if you recall, I said something that kind of laid the egg for our discussions for the next few weeks. And that is that I said, one of the major challenges facing the American Muslim community, the English speaking com community, but I live in America, so I have to look at the community that I serve. And in particular in New York City is one of vocabulary and terminology. We, we struggle at times with the vocabulary and terminology needed to speak to current issues. My, my approach towards this, and I'm concerned about people who are on the far, uh, excuse me, center left and center right, who may be just regurgitating the ideas of contemporary thinkers who are outside of Islam. Like they're not, they're not trained, uh, in the Islamic tradition, in the methodology of Islam, understanding the, the, the maqasid, the objectives of the sacred texts and, and the ethos of our scholars and scholarship. So in many ways, there may be some intersectionality. There may be some commonality, excuse me, if you will, between their thoughts and our own. But oftentimes those thoughts are so far outside of the pale of orthodoxy that we can really find ourselves going up a slippery slope. So what I believe should happen as an approach is that when we find current issues, current terminology, we should look at our tradition, whether the sacred tradition or the scholarly tradition as a fertile soil as a fertile soil. And we should take that idea or that terminology as though it's a seed. And we should plant that into that soil. And, and then whatever comes out after the, the, the proper cultivation has gone, taken place at the hands of the person who's trained, right? Well, who can do that? Then what comes out is then tied to the sacred and contextualized to what we're going through. That's extremely important. And that, and that, if you look at the Quran, the word Ar-Rahman was known to the pagans before the time of the Prophet ﷺ. But Islam cleans it up, right? The word Sunnah was something, you know, we have in the books of Usul al-Fiqh, a word that was Arfi and then Sara Shariyan, like a word that was known culturally to the Arabs and then over time took on a religious meaning. Uh, example would be Sawm. Another example would be the word Ramadan. Another example would be the word Hajj. Right. Another example is the word Sunnah. So these were words that were taken by the sacred, Subhanahu wa Taala, 
And by the Prophet ﷺ, who of course is receiving guidance from his Lord, مَا يَنْتِقُوا عَنِ الْهَوَى And then as Ibn Taymiyyah talks about polished, right? And then presented back into the society and the culture. So that the term has social capital, which is very important, but is nuanced with sacred principles. And that's what we're going to do for the next few weeks with the word woke. Because the word woke is something that really, it touches you when you hear it. And when you think about the challenges of justice uh, in America right now that have long existed, but have become aggravated in a, what they tried to call the post-racial America under Obama, which of course didn't exist. And now in a, a under a Trump administration, which has really given certain, um, what we thought were interned through the ages of history, things like white supremacy, uh, economic injustice, the prison industrial system, the rights of women, you name it, Islamophobia, right, has given these things kind of a boost, a ginseng, if you will. So the word woke is talking about those people that have some kind of consciousness who are aware of what's going on and, and then are living a life of a person who's awakened, not someone who's in a state of slumber. Are there areas in our tradition that would capture the word woke? Can we take that word, plant it back into the fertile soil of our tradition and then see what comes out? So that's what I want to do with you today. Uh, and one of the scholars that talked about it uh, was Al-Ghazari, but perhaps a better title of this Swiss cast is Sacred Text and the Scholarly Tradition, the Islamic scholar, scholarly tradition on being woke. And we're going to do this for the next few weeks, inshallah ta'ala. So we're going to talk about being woke with God, being woke with our souls, being woke with our practice, and then being woke in society, right? We're talking about society. We're talking about how the Prophet would have interfered, right? And how he would have kept people away from harming themselves and being harmed. How that happens in the, the relationship with our worship, how that happens in the relationship with our soul. And today we'll talk a little bit about that relationship with faith and with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, here's something really interesting. Sheikh Al-Harari, he wrote a book called Al-Manazil, Manazil Asairin, which is the stations of the people who are traveling to God. Okay? It's a fantastic text. And Imam Ibn Qayyim did a wonderful job uh, explaining that. And Sheikh Al-Harari, who lives, you know, in the 6th century uh, or 5th century, uh, 6th century after Hijri. So this is a long time ago. We're talking about now around 700, 800 years ago. He says that the first station, the first station of the person seeking God and trying to turn back to God, listen to this, is Al-Yaqadha. Al-Yaqadha. And the word Yaqadha means woke. It means woke. We say about someone who has has awakened from their slumber, mustaqid. Someone who has seek seeking to awaken others is mustaqid. That's the person muyaqav is the one who was awakened. Look now, we just took an idea in the contemporary setting, plugged it back into the fertile grounds of the soil of our tradition, and have come out now with something very powerful. That over seven hundred years ago, a scholar in the Muslim tradition was talking about being woke. Imam Ibn Qayyim, who comes after Al-Harari and explains his book, 
And his explanation is, is really profound. Listen to what he says, because Ibn Qayyim says, great, you have these different stations of people like that have said, hey, this is the first step to God. This is the second step. This is the third step. What Ibn Qayyim does based on Al-Harari is he says, let's call these Madarij al-Sadiqeen. The stations of traversing to God, the stages of moving into a relationship with God, a sophisticated, deliberate relationship with God, which falls on the scales of the of the verse, you alone we worship and you alone we seek for help. And listen to what he says. And you'll find this on the notes in the podcast. He says, the first stop on the path of worship is being woke. Being woke. The challenge of our community now is that we have people who in the name of preserving the tradition are so irresponsible and made the preservation the goal that they feel speaking to contemporary issues is going to somehow sacrifice their tradition. On the other side of the community, we have people who are so, uh, and this is the outcome of postmodernity, who have a hatred, and they might not admit it, a hatred and a dislike for the tradition that we have as Muslims, that they haven't even taken the time to look in the mirror at their own tradition. So they just give up. So you have these two challenges. What we're trying to do is get this balance here and say, Here's what the scholarly tradition has said. And now it's upon us as Muslims of this era and this age in this place to synthesize that tradition and also add our own uh, uh, thoughts to that tradition so that we can be relevant to our community and provide solutions for people around us. Very important. So between two extremes, right? Those who in the name of the tradition won't test and push the tradition to speak to contemporary issues. Those who because of their unawareness of the tradition, coupled with their frustration with religion, right? And in some cases masking what could be even a very negative, negative trajectory of experiences towards religion and with religion are not going to even take the time to consider the tradition. And what happens is we fail to serve our own community. There's a mass of people that don't feel served within the Muslim community. And then outside, we're not able to project who we are and provide remedies for people around us. So we have to go as a moderate course, as a middle course to the soil of our faith, our tradition sacred and otherwise, and plant ideas in there and honestly and deliberately see what comes out. So he says here, Ibn Qayyim, فَأَوَّلُ مَنَازِلِ الْعُبُودِيَةِ الْيَقَظَةُ وَهِيَ إِنْزِعَاجُ الْقَلْبِ لِرَوْعَةِ الْإِنْتِبَاهِ مِنْ رَقْدَةِ الْغَافِلِينَ Ibn Qayyim says the first stop on the path of worship, meaning إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ is woke, being awakened. And woke, he says, is a disturbance. إِنْزِعَاج means to shake someone, man, to shake them out of their, out of their slumber. Right, something happens to them, is a disturbance of the heart that compels the heart to guard falling into, and he uses a really dope word. He says, Rakda. The word Rakda, if you look at it, I translate it as a permanent slumber. But the word Rakda actually means something al-akhir, something at the end. 
And what he means here is when someone dies in their sleep. So they, they slept and they have now, they have never, they will never awaken. So he says, being woke is that your heart has been moved and compelled in a way that you become aware and guard yourself from falling into that sleep of death. And here he says, the, the, the permanent slumber of negligence, meaning that negligence is like a, a never ending hole that if you fall in it, you won't come out of it. So you're constantly aware of like anything that will lead to being neglectful of being woke. You're on guard from it. Then he says, And he said, you know, there is, there is nothing more beneficial than this type of awareness. And there is no greater honor and no greater strength than being woke. Subhanallah, man. And he says, And nothing helps a person on the path to God more than that. That state of being woke. Allahu Akbar, man, this is right in our tradition. It's right there in front of us. But we're too busy arguing amongst each other and too busy caught up in trivial issues that we're not able to calibrate solutions and be relevant, not for the sake of relevancy, but be, to be relevant, to touch people's hearts, man, and to bring them to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, فَمَنْ أَحَسَّ بِهَا فَقَدْ أَحَسَّ وَاللَّهِ بِالْفَلَاحِ That whoever... Whoever experiences being woke has experienced true success by Allah. Now, there is a verse of the Quran. There's two verses in particular that really hit on the idea of being woke. The first is the 34th chapter of the Quran, verse 46. And, and this is really, this is where we're going to, to, as we get into the relationship with society, talk about the idea of being woke in, in, in our commitment to equality, to social justice issues within, of course, the parameters and guidelines of our faith. So Allah says, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَعِذُكُمْ بِوَاحِدَةً أَن تَقُومُ لِلَّهِ مَثْنَى وَفُرَادَى ثُمَّ تَتَفَكَّرُوا Allah says, say, O Muhammad, I am only here to awaken you. أَعِذُكُمْ be wahida with, with, with one, with one thing. And what it means here is hasana wahida, which here means tawheed, right? Believing in Allah, believing in faith. It could also be more general and expand to purification of the heart, how you engage in society, any type of hasana according to your context. But the foundational could be karima wahida, la ilaha illallah, for example, is found in this verse. But check this out. Then he says, Mathna wa thulatha, that by twos or alone. We're going to talk about what that means in a second. But the scholar said the part of the verse where it says, Antaqumulilla means that you arise, you awaken for Allah. You come out of a state of ghafla, of sinna, right? Of slumber and negligence, and you rise for God. And this is what Al Harari says as well as uh, Imam uh, Ibn Qayyim. So that, that first part of the verse is talking about being awoke in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then extends, as you'll see in a second, to society. And we talk about being woke with God, that means woke with Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, the Day of Judgment, and Qada and Qadr. 
right? The aspects of faith. And then also it speaks to the state of the soul. We'll get to that in a second, inshallah. The other component, which is powerful, is that it's talking about how we engage the world around us. And now this is what we're seeing within the context of North America being woke in the sense of coalition building, strategic alignments, uh, working with others, making sure that people, uh, we see now in Austin, man, people's, people getting bombs sent to their homes, right? It's our responsibility to be woke and be compelled and dedicated to those people who are the victims of this and becoming allies to them. Imam al-Razi says something awesome. He says that about this verse, because this verse contains being woke with God and being woke in society. That you stand, that you arise for God. In twos or by yourself. And in twos here, of course, is, is an allusion, uh, an allusion to the fact that in a group. It's interesting that Allah starts with a group before he starts with a person. So the first idea is that we, how do we, because when I'm able to interject myself into people and answer who my people are, that tells me a lot about myself. That's why in community organizing, one of the first questions is what? Tell me who your people are. And that's why the prophets would say, yeah, me, my people. Because when I know who my people are, then I've reflected on who I am. So it's very powerful here that Allah says, Mathna, that you start together in, t- in twos or more. Woke for God, wafurada, or by yourself. Now, Imam Razi says that statement, right, by twos or one, by groups or by yourself, that you are awoke for God, says, he says, Isharatun ila jami al ahwal. That is alluding to every state and every situation. That you are woke. Because a human being, because a person is either going to be by himself or with others. So when you're with others, it's you are awake, you are woke, mathna with others. And when you're by yourself, then you fall under the part of the verse that says, you know, alone, farada, fard means singular or single. He said, Meaning, stand and be awoke for God, whether in a group, in society, in a community, or on your own. So the idea of individual responsibility coupled with relationships with others, right? Uh, coalition building, if you will, strategic alignments, all for the sake of God, because we cannot sacrifice our, our, our non-negotiable principles for anything. But we can bring to the table our negotiables and our non-negotiables and see where we align and where we can work with others. But what we're going to talk about today is how the anonym of being woke is, is presented to us by Imam al-Ghazali. Then after we address that, we're going to talk about being woke for God. And then inshallah next week, we'll talk about being awoke and being woke in our hearts and our spirits. Then being woke the next week in our acts of worship. And then we'll talk about um, activism and being woke, right, in engaging and defending the rights of the vulnerable, um, the people who are underserved. I met a man yesterday, subhanAllah, brothers and sisters, whose mother cooks his dinner on an iron. This is in the United States. Allahu Akbar. I, ha- I have students that I, that I teach. Some of them have been threatened with homelessness. 
like three of them over the last year and a half, like in America. So the struggle is real and the systematic challenges that people are dealing with, we have a responsibility to recognize and be woke and then be allies in a prophetic sense of of stepping in and being spiritual and social agitators and reminding people of their godly responsibilities. Now, Imam al-Ghazali, in his book, Mishkat al-Anwar, he, he talks about the anonym to being woke, and that's intoxication, sakr. And, and he, he really expands the possibilities of what could cause someone not to be woke. And, and this applies to religious people, because religious people sometimes can get caught up in their own religiosity and then blinded by the need of utility within the faith of religion, within the parameters of the religion that they're following and actually undermine their religious values. So someone who's killing people in the name of Islam has now been intoxicated by a dangerous understanding of religion. Someone in America who's a Trump supporter or is a supporter of Obama and as quiet as drones fall on people's heads, or as the occupation of the occupied territories continues, and, and even feels religiously compelled to defend that, that is someone who is intoxicated in a bad way with faith. They're not awake. Just as someone could be intoxicated by opulence. So you have Qarun, right, in the Quran, who's intox- intoxicated by opulence and put to sleep by opulence. And then you have don't be extreme in your religion, right? The things that they've invented in religion, these were pious people. But they were people who were intoxicated by a dangerous form or expression of religion that compromised the moral integrity of the religion that they claim to follow within their own practice, right? So now you can see the depth of being woke. The opposite of that is being intoxicated, and that could appeal to someone on the far left, who who their nafs are just telling them everything is halal, their mufti is their nafs, or on the far right, whose conservatism has gone beyond the balance of prophetic teachings, and now is allowing them in the name of religious agency and utility to treat other people in ways in which their religion rebukes. And that's why the scholars say, مَا مِنْ أَمْرٍ أَمَّرَهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى There is no command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed except لِشَيْطَانِ نَزْغَتَانِ Except that shaitan has two ways to trick a people. إِمَّا بِالْإِفْرَاتُ وَالتَفْرِيتُ وَنُقْصَانُ وَالْغَفْلَةِ Taking that person way, way out there to the far right, to the point where they have lost themselves in the name of religiosity. They have become intoxicated. They're no longer woke or to the far left where they are intoxicated by their nafs. So Al-Ghazali radiallahu anhu addresses this, but he's doing so in the context of religious people. But I want us to try to challenge ourselves and think about, for example, the evangelical community or certain members of the Jewish community who in the name of their religion, right? And certain members within the Muslim community, any other religion you can think of, who in the name of religiosity, are either supporting far, far right positions which undermine the ethical integrity of their beliefs or far, far left positions 
which undermined the piety and caution, right, and principles of their religious belief as held by them. He says, كَلَامُ الْعُشَاقِ فِي حَارِ سَكْرِ يُطْوَى وَلَا يُحْكَى So he's talking about someone who is overcome in a state of dhikr, al-fana, and, and they begin to say things which apparently seem to contradict religion, expressing their love of the Prophet, for example, expressing their belief in the Prophet or their love of Allah in ways which apparently, right, explicitly seem problematic, but could be interpreted to be correct. And we know this in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ about the man who was so overwhelmed when he found his camel in the desert. He said, Oh Allah, you are my servant and I am your Lord. Right? The Prophet mentions this example in a sound hadith. So the scholars say that someone who finds himself in a, and that's why sometimes some people say in divorce, right? If someone is overcome by a extreme sense of anger, the divorce doesn't happen because their faculties are, are, are compromised. Al-Ghazali says someone who in the love of God, being lost in the love of God, intoxicated in the love of God, and that's the word he uses, in a state of intoxication, we should not spread their words, share the words, the things that they say while they are in a state of intoxication. Right? فَلَمَّا خَفَّ عَنْهُ سُكْرَ إِلَى سُلْطَانِ الْعَقْلِ And then as sobriety begins to step in, and the intoxication abates, this person returns to the sovereignty of their reason. So their faculties come back to them and they become woke. And then he says, Because the marriage of faith-based principles and reason, and that's understood in his statement, and reason is mizanullah, is the scale of God. But what I want us to focus on as we finish up is the path to sobriety. Here, Al-Ghazali is saying that this person is intoxicated in a failed understanding of religion. We can also apply that intoxication, challenging someone being woke to their positions in society, right? So what is the path to sobriety? Number one, scholars would say, is recognizing miracles. And we find that in the seventh chapter of the Quran, right? We find in the seventh, in the seventh chapter of the Quran, those magicians who, when they saw the miracle of Musa, became woke. They, they, they fell into a state of sujood and said, we believe in Allah. The other, and we still have miracles in front of us. That's why when you read the Quran, you're moved. Sometimes when you read the seerah or hadith, you find your heart is moved to a state of yaqaba, to a state of being woke spiritually. Sometimes when you pray and you make dhikr and dua, and you have experiences through these things, that we'll talk about in a minute, but the engagement of the miracle, the Qur'an, the engagement of the miracle of the acts of worship that were passed down to us by Sayyidina Muhammad brings life to the heart. Allah says about the Qur'an, The Qur'an was sent to those people who were alive, alive in their hearts. The second uh, the second means to sobriety or, or, or trigger of sobriety is experiences in life, right? So we see Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, 
who really uh, is of the privileged class in Mecca, his heart breaks when he harms his sister. And that's when it says, Sa'd ibn Abu Qasid, raqqa qalbu. His heart broke. And when his heart broke, now he's eligible. Now he's able to receive the benefit of the truth. Why do I say that? Because a lot of these Trump supporters, right? A lot of these Islamophobes right now, they're in a state of intoxication. And it's hoped that by spiritual and social agitation, the engagement of the Muslim community who has miracles sent by God, the Quran, and other religious faith-based communities who still may have a few drops of those miracles, that these people's hearts will be touched and they'll realize the error in their ways. And number two is the experiences. You know, you see today on Twitter, a woman taking her, her daughters in America to a mosque with a gun and boasting about the fact that she's going to defecate on materials in the mosque. It's hoped that one day this woman will come out of her slumber, her drunkenness, her negligence, and get woke. We hope. And this is my theory. And we're going to talk about this in the fourth um series or fourth podcast on being woke, these people are going to have one heck of a hangover. I mean, we're going to need a lot of coffee for these people because they are really, really in a state of drunkenness. Now, let's talk about the types of intoxication and then, of course, the types of being woke. Um, the first is with faith. So talking about, we gave the example of Wazari, right? Gave the example of ISIS, people going around killing people. Uh, people who abuse people in the masjid, people who tell women they can't come into the mosque, people who abuse people at times, right, in ways which are harsh and unruly. Obviously, there's a problem there who are abusive in general, abrasive in religion uh, or overly laxed in religion. It's a sense of intoxication with the self, right? I'm, I'm so hard on myself that I undermine my faith in God's mercy. I'm so loose on myself that I undermine my, my faith in God's punishment. And with society, right? I can, I can go so hard in my concern for society that I become harmful and actually counterproductive in efforts to change the world. Or on the other end, I could just, you know what, man, I'm chilling. I'm going to move to the burbs, play Fortnite all night, long, all night long with Drake and just enjoy life, right? The, the, the key here, the key component is balance. So what we're going to talk about now is being woke with faith and then the next uh, two or three, maybe four, we're going to talk about being woke with ourselves. Yes, four. Woke with acts of worship, khushu' and salah, for example. And then the fourth is being woke in society. So what are the components of having a woke relationship with God? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the sixth chapter of the Quran, I believe it's verse 106. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the one who is dead, and we brought that person to life. We brought him to life. Imam Qurtubi said that this verse was sent about Omar. Ibn Qayyim says, Omar, he wasn't physically dead. He wasn't physically asleep because we say death is mot, uh, right, is a, is, a, is, is a form of sleep, right? He was physically alive, but spiritually and consciously in a state of slumber. We resuscitated him and awakened him to life. And we gave him a light. That he could walk amongst the people. This verse is talking about everyone who either converts to Islam 
or is a Muslim and mashallah guided back to the faith. So the idea of being resuscitated and awakened in our relationship with Allah is found in this verse. Imam al-Harari says, in your relationship with Allah, as we finish up, there are really three components to that. Number one, lahdhu ni'mah. And this is, this is a challenge, man. Because sometimes you look at the Muslim community and you listen to the things that we say and you feel that we're not pleased with Allah. May Allah protect us, man. We say, right, I'm pleased with Allah as my Lord. A lot of complaining is not necessarily good unless it's strategically valuable. So the Shaykh, he says, Lahdu al-Ni'mah is feeling and perceiving the blessings, making note of them. You will never understand the blessings of Allah. You will never be able to count them. So brothers and sisters, man, look around you. Think about the blessings of your eye. Think about the blessings of the ear that you have right now that's listening to me. Right? Think about all those blessings as means of potential to change your situation. That Allah has given you and me the tools, right, to make our lives better. But if we're busy complaining about our lives and not trying to bring those tools into a strategic place to change, that's on us. We can't blame Allah. That's why the Prophet said, Right? And to believe in the qada of Allah and the qadr. Because that's hard. Number two, mutala'at al-jinaya. The second is to be aware of our sins. Our sins. You know, our relationship with Allah. Our ma'asi. Our evil. So that, that involves tawbah. That involves tawbah, repenting. And the last he says, Basically is understanding and being aware of how you are wasting time and how I'm wasting time and that we seize the hour, right? As the Prophet said, Right? Once I was with a brother who told me I'm going to stop smoking six months from now. I said, no, you're not. Because if you really were going to stop smoking, you'd stop now. And he said, you know what? You're right. You're right, man. So the Sheikh is saying, being aware of the time and place that you're in and your shortcomings in your relationship with Allah. So salah, right? Um, my acts of worship and so on and so forth. So today, alhamdulillah, we talked about the idea of being woke, planting that back into the soil of our tradition, right? And then seeing what grew out of it. And you don't have to agree with everything I said. That's not, I don't take it personally. You you may see things. I'm definitely hopeful that you see things I don't see. But we talked about the idea that the first station in our relationship with God, our relationship with our soul, our relationship with our acts of worship, our relationship with society, is being woke. I really appreciate you guys listening. Again, do me a favor, share, write online, use the hashtag being woke. Um, write a review, please, on the uh, Apple uh, podcast page because that helps me tremendously. And you help us build the voices within our community that we want to see built. May Allah bless you. May Allah bless this week for you. Bless you with a wonderful weekend. I'm going to be announcing the winners uh, from last week who reposted the most um, the podcast and send them both copies of my books, inshallah, on my Instagram page in a few days. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.